Greetings and salutations, everybody. We're cracking beers and talking football, baseball, a little bit of hockey. Get this thing going. So I'm here with John Downing and Marty Griffin. I'm Ernesto Sanchez. You are in the Green Mountain Roundup. Uh, John, first reactions from this weekend. From this weekend, my thoughts on the Patriots game were that it was a scheduled loss. (laughs) I know you, you look at me and you laugh. However... When looking at the Patriots' schedule at the beginning of the year, marking down what their record was going to be, whether you thought it was going to be 13-3, and 12-4, 11-5, and I think that this was one of the games that you would say on their calendar that they were going to lose. Right. Am I wrong? No, no, not at all. Okay. So, the problem is the way that it happened, and that is the defense looked exactly like it looked in the Super Bowl last year, which was very porous, so hopes of the defense having improved the way we saw them against the Texans last week, quickly faded because they, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Blake Bortles, specifically in the first half, were able to get whatever they wanted, whatever they needed. On third downs, they were 10 of 14 on third down conversions, and one of them they had got, they'd gotten but was called back because of a of a hands-to-the-face penalty, and then it was third and 17 they didn't get. So they were almost 70 there were 75%-ish on third down conversions. And, you know, they were just able to continue being aggressive and passing the ball over and over and over and over again, just like the Eagles did in the Super Bowl. And the Patriots defense couldn't do anything about it. And we all know Jacksonville's defense is probably, if not the best, one of the best defenses in the league. And they're fast, and the Patriots lacked the weapons to get enough done scoring-wise. Yes, the temperature was hot, but... All in all, it was a rough day, but again, like I like I said, it was I to my opinion it was a scheduled loss and just to come away healthy from the game for the most part. I know on defense we lost Trey Flowers, which is a huge loss because he's a huge anchor for our defensive line. So we'll see how long he's out. I know we also lost Patrick Chung to a concussion. He's not as important as Trey Flowers, but he has been with the Patriots for 10 years now, so he knows the system really well in the defensive backfield. So it was disappointing all in all, you know, it's upset. And of course, you want to win every game you play, especially against a team that, like Jacksonville who talks so much trash. You want to go down there and throw it right back in their face that you're not quite ready for prime time yet. But I think, it's a, little, I think it's a little bit of ego versus necessity. I think necessity was that Jacksonville needed to prove themselves very early on, come out of the gate, be a little bit different, be a little bit more aggressive, which we saw with Cole and Bortles and just the whole passing attack. They went downfield, they went at him, they didn't dink and dunk and rely on the defense. They came at him. I think the ego side of it is like, we're the Patriots, we can play our game set, we can do what we normally do. If we were there in the fourth quarter, which they were in the early, early part of the fourth quarter, they could have made some moves, there was a couple of mistakes there, but I just think that it was a, a situation where you know, you're, you're, you're missing Edelman, you're missing key players, but you still kind of stay on the same track. You don't want to like put Brady out there a little bit. He had to sit in the pocket yesterday, which is not comfortable at all. You could tell he's not comfortable. Absolutely. But I think it was just Jacksonville putting their foot on the gas pedal and saying, this is our chance to say we are here. We're going to like challenge you guys in the AFC this year. This is going to be us in the end. That's the way I took that game. I still took New England in the game because it's New England. It's always New England. There's always a chance. You give Brady a chance. They but, find a way um, more often than not. Yeah, pretty much. But, yeah, that's the way I saw it yesterday. And it caught them by surprise a little bit, and, and they were on their heels most of the game. They were down by two touchdowns with uh, heading into the fourth quarter, I believe, yesterday. And uh, it was one of those situations where you never felt like the Patriots are out of it. You know, it's, um, they're so intimidating. It's, it, you know... The, the body of work really speaks for itself. <clears throat> that uh, and, and I think uh, Jacksonville really, um, you know, kind of learned the history there. And you don't beat this team by uh, by sitting back and protecting the lead. You know, you gotta. The only way to beat this team is to keep it coming because uh, Tom's gonna be firing back. So that brings me to another question. I wanted to ask both of you guys what your opinion was. So. Was Jacksonville continuing to be aggressive in the fourth quarter while they were up by multiple scores? 
you know, continuing to pass the ball over and over again. Uh, even, you know, first down, second down, third down, they were just continuing to be aggressive and pass the ball. And was that a product of them learning their previous lessons from the game before where they got conservative in the AFC Championship game last year and they started running the ball and trying to run clock? Or was it a product of them not having Leonard Fournette, who's their big back, to run the ball with? That's a bit. Uh, the question, the answer to but that is important to me because important, because hey. I want to know: Did Jacksonville get smart? Did they learn their lesson, or were, did they say we need to do this because we don't have our big guy for net? I think, I think they it's learned six their lessons. One, six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there isn't a feature back, uh, you know, on the bench for uh, Jacksonville right now. Um, so, but I also think. They were still throwing down the field. They were still taking chances. Um, they weren't even making conservative pass passes. You know, pass along the outside, or you know, I I felt like they were they were trying to score. I, I, agree. I agree. I think this was great play calling by Jacksonville. You have Yeldon with with fifty eight yards. You have Bortles scrambling for thirty five yards. That puts him almost at hundred yards with a passing. Attack that was phenomenal yesterday. I'm sorry. I like to think yeah. that with the, if they had Fournette and in because I'm thinking about a game going forward, which would be in a game in the playoffs, so and thinking, the Patriots having to go to Jacksonville. Okay. I'm thinking if they have Fournette, they're not quite as aggressive, and that makes me happy if they're ahead. Maybe so. Maybe I'm thinking so, that that was this was just a product of their system. Maybe they are smart. But Doug Marone certainly doesn't give you when you when you hear him talk, he doesn't give you the impression that he is one of the right. genius coaches in the <laughs> NFL. Across the league, though, I mean, besides the likes of Gurley and a couple other players, nobody's really pushing the rushing attack so far in the first two weeks. So I mean, it's it's been heavy passing in the NFL across the league. Well, let's not forget James Conner had 197 yards last first week. week. Yeah, against the Browns. Against the Browns. Yeah, no, yeah. No, we're gonna get to that. All right, let's let's. Let's just get to it. Um, you'd like to think if if your quarterback has no interceptions, 452 passing yards, and three touchdowns, you're going to come away with the W. Don't forget, he had a rushing touchdown, too. <clears throat> had him in oh. fantasy. Oh, good. Daily fantasy. Did you? Yes, good for you, buddy. Oh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy for you. Yeah, no, um, so I think Big Ben definitely redeemed himself uh, as – you know, a playmaker and a smart quarterback. I think he was excited to be back last week. I think that the body wasn't uh, keeping up with the will, you know, so to speak. I think he th- thought he could do more than he was really ready for, wasn't really feeling the pocket. Uh, this week he was getting rid of the ball. Um, you know, he was making that th- those extra plays uh, with the exception of that one um, – uh, fumble interception goofiness that happened off a sack uh, that wound up being called back on a penalty. Um, he, he was uh, almost flawless in that regard. Um, man, it, y- it's a, it, it was it's such an interesting game. Oh God, they Is just it, there was just no defense. I mean, they made Patrick Mahomes look. It's like Andy Reid was the looked like Tom Brady. It was insane. He just twelve picked, minute man. He had a hell of a hell of a scheme the first quarter, and it just seemed like it went stagnant. They just lost they all. Were, mom, they were taking advantage. They were taking advantage yeah. of of Pittsburgh was playing that soft zone, you know, and they're throwing right underneath our safeties and breaking tackles and. Andy Reid's extremely creative. We saw what they did week one last year coming into Foxborough on opening night when they unleashed um, Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill. With, right. And that was with Alex Smith, and now we have Mahomes. So, so why does Kansas City phase out in the second half of the season a lot of, a lot of the times? That's, is, a, that's a good question. You know, is that something to explore? Because it always happens. Because if you so if you look at the way that the Patriots have always done They're things. They're not the Oaken so, Athletics of the league. So you look at the way the Patriots, if you're looking for an example, you look at the way the Patriots have done things over the last 20 years. And the way that Belichick likes to do it is he likes to start the year... And not they're not at hundred percent full strength. They start the year. They always have a stinker at the beginning of the year. Whether it was we're on to Cincinnati after they had that blowout loss to KC a few years ago. Whether it was Kansas City at home last year. Whether it was Jacksonville uh, yesterday. So they like to be at peak performance by Thanksgiving and go into the playoffs rolling at max capacity. And I think that that is a good model for NFL franchises yeah. to to have because it's tough to sustain hundred percent excellence. 
<laughs> it's a tough to sustain 100% excellence for the course of 17 weeks into the playoffs. Agreed, right? right? So if you're peaking early, it only seems to make sense that you're going to teeter out or fade out a little bit and once the playoffs come around. And you're right, that's exactly what's always happened to Andy Reid Andy coach teams. Maybe he just puts too much out there on film too early in the season. But what is impressive to me about this whole game, the Kansas City-Pittsburgh game, is that Kansas City's always been a poor matchup for Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh or, or a good matchup uh, for Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh has always seemed to have Kansas there's, City's numbers, trouble whether it's in Pittsburgh side. or in Kansas City. So the fact that Kansas City was able to go in and beat Pittsburgh, I feel like to me, says, says a lot about them, says a lot about Mahomes. But yes, of course, it remains to be seen, seen if Kansas City can withstand withstand this for the entire duration of the season. You always love to see a good tight end to follow, and Kelsey had 107 yards that game. Like, he was solid. You know, Watkins, I was talking to you earlier, I think he could be a comeback player of the year. The oh, guy yeah. looks good, and, and, he, and Mahomes already trusts him that much. The guy is not afraid to go across the field and, and do what he needs to do. Um, but, you know, Pittsburgh, oh, attrition on the defensive side. you gotta be, oh, you got to be concerned. It was, it was bad. It, it, to me, it really comes down to coaching. I mean, um, horrible clock, clock management uh, at the end of the fourth quarter. Um, oh, yeah, we got a little bit of uh, interference from outside. Somebody's cleaning the sidewalk outside. <laughs> They're <laughs> literally just outside. But anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> Johnny's literally up on the couch looking out the window in striking distance you start like bar- a puma <laughs> start, start barking at it we're trying to eliminate our background noise with the clicking of the pens and whatnot, and then we get some guy parking outside. Yeah, what is he parking? He's, I don't know, his gardening truck or whatever. <laughs> I got an idea. Let's do a show in the machine shop next week. <laughs> be great. Uh, so uh, back to coaching. A horrible clock management at the end. The fact that we couldn't get off the field in time uh, for the the two minute warning is was just heartbreaking. I mean, you see it time and time again with the clock ma- Tomlin and the clock management. Um, you know, at the end of the year last year. He's saying that, uh, you know, he's calling the defensive plays, so everything's on him. But then if if that's the case, you know, um, what do we have? Head coach the, needs to be freed up to watch over all responsibilities. It's, it's just, um, like, what do we have the defensive coordinator for exactly. in, in that case? Um, there's, you know, There's discourse on the sideline. I mean, and not to bring it up and, and be that guy, but I'm going to be like Antonio Brown, like, there's there's oh. problem with players between coaching, coaching between players. You can see it on the sideline over there. Jo- Joey Porter's our linebackers coach, and where has a consistent always been a thing in Pittsburgh though. Even going back to Joey Porter, and even going back to Neil O'Donnell back in the day, hasn't there always been some some sort of inner rift between Steelers? I you know, I don't know, man. I wasn't alive. I wasn't alive for when the. Uh, I think it's part of who they are. Dude, I wasn't alive. Is that his way of getting back at us like subconsciously? No, I wasn't no, alive no. then, guys. You no, no, you I was part of who the Steelers are. <laughs> and they're always, they're always uber talented, so they overcome a lot of it. But when it comes to crunch time in the playoffs was, and, and games they need to have, I, was I wasn't alive coach. for when the Steelers were the Steelers. Yesterday. I'm like, I think it's a change for Mike Tomlin in, the, in, in that, that well, system. Well, that's the thing. They don't. It's been a long time coming. They need, they need to, to pursue that, but I don't think they're going to um i don't think until we have a losing season yeah it's not if they can't happen. beat kansas city anymore that's a problem that is a problem and i agree 100 percent because i because i think there's a level of discipline and a level of accountability that isn't there and professionalism and you know i i <laughs> you gotta love Gotta love the guys that are uh, promoting their brand and having a good time. I'm a big Juju Smith-Schuster fan. Uh, he had a hell of a game. He had a hell the of a talent on the team is unquestioned. But did they, they give talent. up on Antonio Brown too early? That's the question. Uh, well, I think I think you gotta have. There's gotta be a balance. Yeah, there's gotta be a balance, but you also have to have. Um, you know, you got to have people in your room that are at the same goal. And at the end of the day, that's seven points for the black and gold, and that's got to be good enough. 
you know, and you just do the best you can. Like, like, uh, like Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward was an egomaniac. Heinz Ward was all about his brand, but he was team first, and he'd do anything for the team, you know. No questions asked. He's out there with a giant ass smile, knocking people on their ass. I gotta take that back. I gotta take that back too because they went to Juju nineteen times and Antonio seventeen times targets wise in that game. So that's a lot of receptions. Juju had thirteen. Juju had thirteen. He had nineteen targets, but he had thirteen receptions for one hundred. And maybe that was my perception of the game. Just seemed like Antonio was just that far out of the game. Maybe maybe it's just like me reading. Well, he didn't look. Like, he didn't look like himself, and you gotta no. you gotta also remember he's still nursing that was a quad. Yeah, yeah. He's still nursing that quad injury. He hasn't looked the same, and I think because his he's not he doesn't have the size some receivers have. He doesn't necessarily have the speed some receivers has. Um, so, a lot of it is his athletic ability, which is absolutely insane in his hands. And with his quad, we haven't seen that athletic ability. I don't think he's getting as open. You see Ben throwing into triple coverage, you know, left and right, trying to find him. I just think that's what we're seeing. So right there. now, his bark is bigger than his bite. Speaking yeah. of old Steelers, you know what I found out last night? You know the HBO series Ballers. Mm-hmm. Rashard Mendenhall is a writer for the show Ballers I and a Oh, that makes so much sense. I saw it on the the scripts uh, the, on the um. The, the postscript, as a... Actually, no, the, as, the game, as the show was starting, I saw Richard... Oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> we so just, we've, we've had a clicking problem. I think it's a pin, and it's Johnny's vape. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. And we just figured oh, it out. Oh, mystery yeah, solved. Mystery, mystery solved. All right. Yeah, and Richard Mendenhall's learning tools. Ballers. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Who knew Mendenhall could do anything... <laughs> Outside of football, who knew? I don't know. He didn't do much in football either. Well, so. I know. I looked up his stats after this. He only had two, two good years. He had two good years. That's it. Yeah. Well, that hey. was. But that was. Uh, and you want two more? Two more than most by percentages. Okay. And that's right. that's that's Mike Tomlin doing his uh, run the wheels off routine. You know. <laughs> so uh, Marty, I fell asleep in the middle. <laughs> you were snoring away. I, uh, Not in the middle, at the very beginning. I was yeah, like, oh, God, the Cowboys in. are on. And I yeah, was, exactly. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I passed on most of that game as well. <laughs> I don't blame you. Cowboys was, are I, hard watch the, these days. Oh, wow. I was uh, just getting pooped on early. It's okay. <laughs> uh, 2013 win by the Cowboys or the Giants. I call this game Smoking Mirrors because it's easy for a, a Cowboys fan to want to jump on this and say we got to win against Giants, Shaquan Barkley. You know, uh, Manning, you got Nate Soldier, you got Flowers on the line. But, you know, Flowers and that O-line for Giants did not show up Flowers stinks. Night. Stinks. Horrible. Only, be- only better this year is that he's not playing left tackle. Now he's, now he's on Eli's Absolutely. front side. You know, and we had an efficient offense. It was, it was not bad. Dak, Dak Prescott, 16 for 25, 160 yards, a TD. Efficient, no sacks, no interceptions. They're pl- definitely playing, you know... Field position, not pushing it too hard. You know, we wound up finding Austin on that 63-yard pass downfield. Right, he was two for two for 79 yards. Yeah. Don't jump on this bandwagon or <laughs> if you're a Cowboys fan. Like, we found our next receiver because he scored a touchdown and had one long play. Came on Austin, we did not go down the field past that. We tried Gallup a couple of times, failed. I love that they tried the rookie out on the, on the hash, outside on the line, just streaking down the field. They gave it a couple of shots. But Rico Gathers is a bomb for a tight end. He came from Baylor Bears as a basketball player. Never played freaking football. He's tall. He's got good hands. I understand that he's a project. But this is going to be a long season. What about Jeff Vane? I don't see what's going on with Jeff Vane. I have no idea. I mean, it's just... I thought he was supposed to be decent, too. You know, we, we, we hit seven different targets... You know, what I asked for last week is to spread the offense out and make it a little bit more questionable, like where you're going to go. Dak got the protection. We right. saw so a little bit on that side. Zeke, 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 But Zeke, besides Zeke. Zeke getting one 19-yard play, he was just getting pounded left and right. Barkley What's could happened? not run. That O-line was horrible, but he was targeted how many times? 14 catches. Yeah, Ele- crazy amount. 14 amounts. catches. <laughs> 
He was the leading receiver. I had a written down. He, lost he did have 14 catches. Yeah. Not alone. The only running back had 14 catches yesterday. Can, quick, can you name the other one? Who's the other running back who had 14 catches yesterday? I don't know. C-Mac. Oh, yeah. Look at you. Yeah, 16 catches, but he only 14 receptions, 80, 80, 80 yards, 28 on the rushing. But the beauty of, and I'm, ooh, I, my God. Come you, on, I You wanna... slept last week, <laughs> last night. So, and you called him soft last week in your own little way. Not one single defender, the first initial tackler, could wrap that guy up. He is going to be a beast in the league once he gets some blocking for him. He is going to be dirty. It was like watching a Madden football game yesterday. So let's not make the theme of our show Saquon Barkley sucks. Let's let's not do that. Let's switch the debate. <laughs> I just needed to call let's the switch. guy out. I, I hear that. All right, all right so let's end that all right, debate. So let's I'm switch done. it. Let's switch it. Stupid. Let's switch the debate, like though. Can I get it? He's a stupid no, guy. No, let's switch it and say, should the Giants have taken Darnold? Because uh, this all leads back to that game no, last he, night. Eli's terrible, right? We Eli all understand. Eli's terrible. Eli's terrible. But is that a fair judgment? I don't give a crap. Even, like, he has been good for years. Eli's terrible. So should the Giants have taken Sam Darnold with that pick instead of Saquon Barkley? I know that S- is the true debate. Sam Darnold could just be in case you get tired and need to relieve. Here's a Dr Pepper for you. <laughs> Am I pitching tonight? You might be. Then I hard pass <laughs> on the Dr Pepper. Right all right, we gotta we gotta make a quick cut here to. Tell us about Joe Kelly. John. Get mad, Johnny. So I heard about this a few weeks ago. And so hold on, hold on, wait, we gotta... Oh, yeah. Crack that baby open. Take a swig. Oh, I forget, man. it was some radio Take show. I heard about it a few weeks Pepper. ago, and I didn't actually really think, <laughs> think twice it. about it, because I didn't think it was a big, really big deal, and it didn't register in my head. But I heard, oh, did you see Joe Kelly drinking a Dr. Pepper in the, in the Red Sox bullpen during the game? And... <laughs> So, like I said, it didn't register. But then I see it again, what was it, two days ago? Three days ago? Yeah. Dude, I literally received like 14 texts in a You're row so from you. About <laughs> These are baseball players, Johnny. I felt like I had vibrated in a game. The guy comes out and pitches in the eighth inning of a critical game, and he shits his pants over and over and over again. These are high-leverage moments when you need your heart rate to be slowed down, to own the moment. You don't need all this sugar rushing to your brain and your heart sped up when you're already nervous because you're in a big spot, and then... You're throwing pitches and you can't find the strike zone because you're whacked out on fucking oh Dr. God, Pepper. I can record this right now. He is in full Farley mode right now, almost. <laughs> Why is it unbelievable to Down by Johnny, the river. This is baseball. They have probably some of the worst diets in that diet. People always ask me, why do athletes make so much money, so many millions of dollars? And I have to explain to them this part of the entertainment industry and the professional athletes and it's big business and this, these are reasons why they make millions of dollars because they're different than us. They're different than us. It's entertainment. They're, they're different than us. Think Tom Brady would ever have a Dr. Pepper before he goes and plays a football game? If he did, would you want to change a thing about it? There's it would never happen. It would never wh- happen. Guys who take shots of whiskey back in the day. Yeah, what about Doc Ellis pitching a no? Doc Ellis pitching a no hitter on LSD. I man. would rather him take. A- <laughs> You rather him take Ellis? I don't want him drinking oh, this caffeine sugar stuff. This for me, fat boy sitting on a couch is fine. <laughs> for Joe Kelly, not fine, and it explains everything. You it see, explains you everything. Football players sneaking Snickers and hot dogs are on the sidelines. Oh. Who knows what they're treating themselves with in the halftime show? Yeah, it explains on, everything. Dude. You think Phil? If that, Ka- if that guy was it. caught on Picture tape on after throwing, if that guy was caught on tape, and I know you way too fucking well, if he was caught yeah, on yeah, tape after throwing a no hitter. <laughs> and he ate two cheeseburgers in between that inning. He like feed that motherfucker some more cheeseburgers. <laughs> you think- I know you. It was just a bad moment. You're pissed, and you saw him drink a Dr Pepper. Now Dr. No, Pepper's it just explained enemy. everything. Watch it explained why, it explained why he can't be trusted in the seventh or eighth inning. Johnny, it explains you, it all. Johnny, you think Phil Kessel is eating clean? Fuck? He is. Huh? He literally shakes on the mound. You watch him. He shakes. <laughs> he shakes on the mound, <laughs> and then he can't throw a strike. He's, and he's a hitting batters left and right. Oh, my True story, God. My uh, one of my stepdads did like 30, 30 days in treatment center for caffeine addiction. No. <laughs> yes. Shout out to Professional Joe athlete? <laughs> Professional athlete? Making Professional millions? Was he $8 million dollars a year? Fat, miserable fuck. Okay, was yeah. he like snorting nodos or something? Like... Snorting, yeah. Just, just 
in the trucker's alley behind the oh, Jesus! stuff, just doing everything. It really, it pissed Give me off. Give him blowjobs for zingers. <laughs> pissed me off. That's how I want to remember. Pissed me off. To Joe. Pissed me off. Oh, his name's Joe! <laughs> pissed me off. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If I see that guy again in the playoffs, I will lose my oh, mind. Oh, my God. I will lose my mind if he's on, on that, this roster. On that note, oh, we, speaking of, because uh, I haven't been keeping up with it, how'd Sale do? Okay. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit of Chris Sale. He pitched three innings yesterday, extended his scoreless inning streak to 32 consecutive innings. But more importantly, how did he look? I'm concerned about the fastball velocity still only being 93, 94 miles an hour for a guy that was throwing consistently 97, 98, 99 for the entire season. I think it's a concerted effort by him and the team to try to ease him in. Ease him in. Right. I was about to ask if that's, if but, that's more like. Him being reserved and just pushing it. So, 80%. so, so but at some point, soon, soon, within the next start of the start after, he has to get back. To he that. has to have because one good if solid you're going to go start against the Astros. Go the yeah, I know what you're going in with it. Yeah, right, exactly. He, he can't be throwing the 93, 94 no. with the flat slider because what happened like last the year? Astros the Astros would eat him alive. Him. Yeah. Well, two, he had two home runs yeah. against them last year in the playoff game. That can't happen. So he's got to be able to get it ramped back up to 98, 99 miles an hour. I agree to that, for sure. And Astros showed, you know, they came out of that um, series with Oakland. I mean, not uh, Oakland, but at Diamondbacks last week, taking two out of three. So they're still holding strong right there. They're showing that they're ready. They're back again. They're a full-strength staff. Yeah, that's the team I'm most worried about. Yeah, you have to be worried about them. You know, that's why Joe Kelly yeah. drinking Dr. Peppers does not give me confidence. I think he's just ready, dude. Dr. <laughs> Pepper's a strong... Texas born drink. He's just like just getting infused with that Texas drink. You know what I'm saying, bro? I'm not having it. <laughs> He's the only one back there drinking them too. He's the only oh, one. Oh my god! I wish we, we need Chris to get. Sale we, has a this shirt needs to be says, a thirty for thirty and investigate like what is the truth behind Dr Pepper. <laughs> yeah, don't drink it if you're going to be in high leverage situations on the mound in critical playoff games. Oh god! Shall we take a quick break? All right. Uh, oh, we're right there, huh? Yeah, no, we're doing good. Right. We're doing good. We're going to keep it going. Um, a little Flash Gordon, maybe? Y- yes, yes. Let's talk the big... Okay, so we couldn't even get to enjoy a good old-fashioned Patriots loss because today we're all uh, on the fucking Gordon train. Are we? I'm, I didn't get him. Johnny is. Yeah, like, we're, we're on it whether we want to be or As not. As a Cowboys fan, it's, it's like being the same the... kid on the block and seeing oh, Johnny Jesus like break Christ. his bike yesterday and like turn around and gets a four wheeler today. Like, oh, <laughs> I got the best bike on the block. Spoiled yeah, little rich I kid. don't have even a bike. I got a four wheeler now. <laughs> Asshole. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I heard that, it was definitely pants off time. Yeah, it's 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 Bill Belichick's home for wayward boys. But I but like, as the day went on and I thought about it more and more and more, I have to be cautiously optimistic. What is like? What are the actual percentages that we think that this works? So in the stipulation part of the trade is that if Gordon plays ten games, then the Browns receive a fifth round pick. If he doesn't play those ten games then the Browns have to give back a seventh round pick. So it's almost a wash for not like for nothing for not. And Belichick won't let that go more than five games. If he knows if he right. gets an early indication that this is not gonna work, they're gonna drop it. I'm concerned yeah, I'm concerned a, I think he's it's using a win again. win. I just think it's a win. Or drinking win. again. <laughs> they said he came in Saturday morning and he looks out of sorts, not like wow. himself. And he was complaining about a hamstring injury that was non-existent because now he's supposed to play I, Sunday night I against get Detroit. It. Maybe I'm taking an optimistic side of this, and I don't want to be being the guy who I want in my organization, the Cowboys, to pick him up. And I'm sorry, but now I heard they're like opening talks with Des Bryant again. I don't know if that's true. I'd be besides myself if that's the case. Like why I didn't see that. Just too. ask him to come back in. I'm gonna kick you out, but please come back. Once you're desperate, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think we, they're trying. I think they're trying to teach him a lesson, and also, I mean, don't, what's the lesson? We need you. No, yeah. no. The <laughs> less the lesson yeah, we, is, don't be a dickhead, and we'll get rid of you. That ego is not going to. There's no way you're going to penetrate that ego with that kind of philosophy because all he's going to ask. Look for how is he was money. sucking up to the Browns, man. In hard, oh, he's been to the Patriots. Oh, actually, you know what? We're doing the same thing to the now Patriots that, too. Did they get the, when we were watching Hard Knocks and we we're like. They wanted him in there. They maybe wanted to. But I wonder. I it was wonder. Money. It's it's all money. 
They didn't match his demands. He wants over eight. He wants eight million plus or eight million or more this year. He's got plenty. They're of only money. willing to go he's five. He's gonna to sit six. back and fat, or he's gonna make a little bit more and just be even fatter. And I don't want to see Des Bryant in a Cowboys uniform. I don't want to see Des Bryant in the league. I'm sorry. I don't. I just don't respect the, the name. Is better than the skill at this point, though. You What's that? The name is better than the skills at this point. True. True. And and, and the longer he's out of the league, the long, the the greater that that. Separation becomes the name becomes better than the actual skills on the field. Can you put him in the same category as Bell? Uh no, okay. absolutely not. Right. No, absolutely just pose not. that out there. Well, and in, in I mean, if what, Connor ran for another hundred and sixteen twenty yards this week and went for you know Bell two special. touchdowns, how does that, that doesn't that doesn't affect Bell at all? And then Connor like, had a didn't have a big game this week. No, like fifteen yards, I think, if I'm if I remember correctly. They weren't going to him a lot, but they we weren't doing much. I, uh, uh, Going back B- to Gordon, yeah, he had 17 <laughs> rushing yards this last week. Yeah, it wasn't great. The risk is worth. He, the he did have a touchdown though, so you know. I, I guess I, are fluky, I get though, it. You know, yeah, but still, but still, I but, get it. There but, was plenty of players in the offseason you know, this year for Cowboys to go far and just didn't make a move. And it's just the same old typical Jerry Jones bullshit of like, let's be enough competitive in the in the division, not the league, in the division to make it seems like it's worth it to sell the tickets and sell out. I'm still going to have, you know, a, a WrestleMania, and I'm still going to have the Final Four here, and I'm still going to make my money. They're a marketing brand now. That stadium is a marketing brand. It's not just the Cowboys anymore. It is, it is just Texas Stadium. You know what's funny? So when Bob Kraft bought the, this is a quick aside, Bob Kraft bought Patriots back in 1994, he would have Jerry Jones in and meet with Jerry Jones because he wanted the Patriots to, he wanted the Patriots to become what the Cowboys were. Yeah. He, wa- he thought the Cowboys were the model franchise, and so he was still most the everything. He wanted franchise. to do everything the way that the Cowboys did it. Right. And now you'd have to say it's they've surpassed that, and then the Cowboys have took it. Well, a major it's still hit. about football with yeah. Patriots. It's still about football yeah. with Steelers. It's still yeah, about football in these. No, it's not still about football with the Steelers. No, it's, it's, about, with the Steelers. Steelers. No, it's about it's about drama and Facebook Live and Antonio Brown shoes money, and dancing. Players and getting money. their money. Players getting their money, and you know, like money like, first. Exactly, me first. Yeah. You know, and and look at Tom like taking massive, massive pay cuts to to get good guys in there, and you know, there's. That's what Troy Aikman did for years. Yeah, and and uh, what well, I mean, you gotta well, build. You gotta build a team, and and every good team starts. I think every championship team has, for the most part, a quarterback with a championship coach mentality, and they're willing to make those sacrifices and try to hold those things. Yeah, for the together. most part. If I'm wrong in saying that Roethlisberger had that point in his life, if you're not saying that he still doesn't have it as so well. Going, going no, back I to think, Gordon I to wrap he, up Josh Gordon, oh, did, right. did we think that the risk outs the reward outweighs the risk? Yeah, I mean, I, again, that's clear. Again, it's like I, I said before, eighty percent successful. I you think there's an eighty percent chance of him think, playing ten I, games and it working out? I think if you coddle a kid for five years, he's played in eleven life, games in, in the last five exactly. years total. But you're playing for a franchise where they're like, we need you, we need you, we'll we'll just coddle you. Just get better and come back to us and make us a team. And now with Baker Mayfield and some certain things in place, they're saying as an organization, like, why should we carry on with this guy? Now, when he changes his mindset of saying, I'm playing for a losing team and they need me, or I'm playing for a winning team, they don't really they need don't me. They don't need him. No, they can drop then him. It's like about his talent teams. now and his work ethic. Is he, going to willing, is he willing to step up? And for the most part, those players will do it if they're now around other players things. who win it. He has to keep himself on straight and narrow, which has never been easy. Maybe getting and out of New he, England. He has to learn a brand I mean, new playbook. He has to get out of that coloring book playbook yep. that the Cleveland Browns used for the last few years. <laughs> well, you saw in Hard Knocks, he said, yep. oh, these are all the same plays that we had last year. Exactly. I don't have to learn anything new. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So now he has to go learn and build trust with Brady, which I... is which we've seen guys like Reggie Wayne, Joey Galloway, guys in the past, receivers come in, they cannot get on the same page. Right. So that is step two. So for him, it's he's got walking a very thin, narrow line here. Like He's got to thread the needle for this to all work His out. physical and talented upside... If he can just pull it somewhat together, we'll speak volumes. Yeah, I'm he, excited. He is, dirty. I'm excited. He is absolutely, absolutely dirty. He is a threat. He could walk in after week four of training camp and go right into season one and still be like, we got to double that guy. 
He scares people that much. There was much. a stat that I saw earlier today as well. So in, since 2013, or four, since 2014, Josh Gordon ranks number four as far as all receivers in the NFL in terms of, granted he's only played 11 games, in terms of yards per game. Yeah. Julio number one, Antonio Brown number two, Beckham number Beckham. three, Josh Gordon yeah. four, A.J. Green five. 93 yards 11 per game. 11 games is such a small sample size, though. You can't, I mean... Have you ever walked into a room... From another room, like it's an impressive like he's, stat, though. It is an impressive stat, right. and he, like and, I said, it's and he's and he's a, he's, small he's an impressive talent. I think I think what you most have going in your favor here is uh, a culture and a locker room and a coach that uh, accepts nothing less than excellence and discipline and professionalism, and and they won't miss a wink <clears throat> cutting your ass. No. Yeah. 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 And, just, and everybody knows that. I mean. I mean, let's let's. The only thing that scares we me still is don't, that we still like, don't know what Malcolm Butler did. That's still kind of like that ego, like move afterwards is like, wow, thank you, Cleveland. Like he said a lot of good things, but that one tweet that was like, who's looking for a receiver now? Like it came out so quick, is like I'm ready. Can what you, what are you re- talking about with Gordon? When was this? This right after he was released today. Is a tweet. This was today. Yeah, I missed that when he found out he was going to be cut. He was just like, who's looking for a receiver? Like, just okay. put that right out there. He said a lot of great things about the Cleveland organization. I mean, they did stand by him. He acknowledged that. And you can see in Hard Knocks, they were willing to like, be on that guy's side. There's people who cared for him. But to figure out now, like, after that tweet, it's like, you mean like you're ready to play? Like, you learned your lesson? Or you're, that's that egocentric side of you, like, saying, like, who's ready to take me? It's almost like that, that just ego. Apparently, there was a dozen teams vying for his services. That's crazy. Oh, I'm sure. Cowboys were there. I heard no, they said the Cowboys weren't. They Cowboys were, were not. I heard that they were. And they brought in Bryce <laughs> Butler instead. Oh, my God. That, I know. That's what the story I read. It was uh, Charles Robinson on Let's Yahoo. Let's talk about players we could just keep if you want them. We're just going back <laughs> in the same old cookie jar. Yeah. Ugh. All right, let's move it along. Uh, there's some uh, big news in, uh, in NHL world. Um, giant, giant trade. Uh, the second biggest trade of the year, definitely, or well, not necessarily. We'll we'll call it the second biggest acquisition uh, of the year of the off season. Um, uh, Eric Carlson, uh, defenseman uh, for the Ottawa Senators, going to the San Jose Sharks uh, for basically a bag of pucks. <laughs> uh, center Chris Tierney. Defenseman Dylan DeMello. John, have you ever even heard of these people? One of the guys was the first-round pick last year, correct? Uh, yeah, one of the prospects. I th- and, then, and then they got some picks back, which to me is important, because I know in the Bruins, when the Bruins traded Tyler Sagan to the Stars, Condi- they didn't get Conditional, conditional second-round in 2019 and a conditional first-round right, in 2020. The thing- well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. They're not getting much, because... The Sharks have already been, uh, you know, second, third round playoff. They've teams. been on the cusp for years. Yeah, exactly. So, so, been so what? Cup. Yeah. yeah. So, so what are you gonna? What are you gonna get? Uh, you know, at the end of the second round, one more year too, right? Right, and there's a there's so there's another condition there where um, uh, they get another second round pick in 2021 if he resigns. Right. I mean, I have to feel like Ottawa could have gotten more if they weren't so afraid to trade him within the within their conference and within their division. It wasn't that they were afraid to trade him. It was that they were dead set on trading away Bobby Ryan's money with with that. So they, okay. you know, it was, it was basically like, take this awesome player, but I need you to give me $5 million or I'm going to kick you in the nuts as well. Yeah. I mean, Ottawa's rebuilding, so I guess it was a move they had to make. But I know as a Bruins fan, he was a guy that really, especially a couple years ago in the playoffs, Carlson really hurt us. And I think going to play in San Jose, what do you, how do you think that's going to pair out with Burns and Carlson, two right-shot defensemen? Do you think that they'll play on the first line together, or do you think that they'll have Burns on the first line, Carlson on the second? Uh, the right first pairing? Guys? You know, it's, it's hard to say. Um, I think they're going to try and spread that around because they're both um, puck-moving defensemen. They're both uh, shot-first defensemen. I think it doesn't make sense to have them on the same pairing, and also being right. able, you know, you can get you can get a uh, um, you know 
a lower pairing guy that's just going to be a stay at home defenseman. And that'll work great. Didn't the Sharks also toy around? They, they did. They toyed around at the end of the year last year with moving Burns up to offense to that forward. Is the, that is the dumbest but shit. But they did. Ever. They did yeah, toy around. They with that did. A bit. They did. But that is that. <clears throat> I for me, that's a sure sign of a desperate hockey right, team. Right. You have Burns. You keep him. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, f- for me, this feels a lot like uh, a trade that doesn't necessarily need to happen. Like the Sharks already have. Uh, Brent Burns, you, you don't really need more than don't that. Think it puts them over the top in the West. I don't think it puts them over the top because, um, again, it's just it's just not a need that we have. It'd be like the the Steelers picking up another wide receiver. It's just we don't need that. Uh, what they could use is a forward. <laughs> like Joe Thornton is still <laughs> is is still their number one center, and that guy's sixty five years old. Like. What they what if you okay? So I also feel the same thing about Toronto, the other acquisition I was talking about this summer, um, and them picking up loaded offensively. Them picking up Johnny Tavares mm-hmm. or uh, not Tavares? Or yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, Tavares. John Tavares. Um, good. Exactly. I think it's a great story. I think you know it like makes them super intimidating, but they already have a number one center. They mm-hmm. already have a face face of the franchise mm-hmm. in Austin Matthews. There's no reason for them to to pick up uh, John they Tavares. Help defensively, they could they need help. Thompson. Right, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. So you know, it's it's pretty frustrating in that respect. You know, when you it's they're in a fantasy culture everybody is all about you know collecting hockey cards uh to steal a phrase from uh you know one of my guys mark madden um yeah it's 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 just one of those situations where you don't want ron hainsey being your your second best defenseman on your team like that's not gonna win you anything it doesn't matter how many goals you score they're gonna put just as many back in your own net um Bruins exposed them in Game Seven last year, the first round of the playoffs. Doing, right, doing that. Yeah, exactly. So and, uh, they, yes, Toronto made it a scary series, but in the end, they were able to pummel Frederick Anderson in Game Seven. So I think I think uh, just to wrap it all up, I think I think um, San Jose's power play is going to be absolutely insane. I think they're going to. Um, that's where they're going to score all of their goals. They're going to be unstoppable. I mean, think about it. you got Logan Couture, Joey Thornton, Joe Pavelski, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson. I mean, that's just <laughs> so much talent, um, especially especially on the back end there. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a, uh, Preseason has officially started. Uh, we've talked about getting a, a little bit of a NHL season preview going in the next couple of weeks. Um, so I'm excited, man. It's uh, it, There's lots of great stories out there, which I, th- I think, at least for me, uh, makes um, makes for a good season, you know. So uh, just to wrap it up, guys. What are we excited for next week? Or before before we get to what we're excited about for next week, Johnny, looking at the board for week three, who's our next tie? <laughs> our next tie? <laughs> who's tying next? Oh, there's a couple candidates oh, right off the bat. Man. We go straight to Thursday night. Jets, Cleveland. That's <laughs> tie with all of it. Battle of attrition. Okay, what if they tie 0-0? Zero, zero? Wouldn't that be the best thing ever? That would be so Jets-Cleveland. <laughs> but moving away from that, we could go to... I could see Denver-Baltimore tie. I could see giants Dallas-Seattle with those two defenses. Dallas-Seattle. Yeah. That's about it. But my number one oh pick would be Jets-Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Is, I would, I'd is, is this a new segment? Predict the tie. <laughs> Classic 0-0 zero, zero tie. I cannot believe Minnesota and Green Bay tied last we week. We should be getting Sam Darnold against Baker Mayfield on Thursday night. <laughs> right? Don't right? we deserve that? Right? Don't the, don't the Browns and Jets fans deserve that? They do. Oh, man, they I would do. love that. They really do. But there are some good games next week. Uh, next Sunday night we get the Patriots at Detroit. That's Belichick 
against one of his disciples, Matt Patricia. That should be a bloodbath for Patricia. <laughs> it's good. It's it's just gonna be awful. Next Monday night we'll be going live with our third podcast, Pittsburgh at Fitz Magic and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, I can Pittsburgh stop the magic? I gotta I gotta say his uh his um tweets that he's putting out there, like look at like watch your girl, like Who's uh, who's stuff did right who's who's stuff did he steal? Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I said he's, he's on fire. He's right out now. there he's in the, the chain. Manager. I mean, he's too cool he for school. He looked like uh, Conor McGregor's older friend, yes. your brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> oh God, we didn't even get to. Uh, this is probably my favorite game next week. We didn't even get to the mid game retirement, Johnny. Real quick, oh, thirty seconds God. on the mid game retirement. Give that like with Amari. I don't know. Irrelevant players are irrelevant to me. He hasn't been good in five years. That guy was good in that Indianapolis. Was a, he got paid and... That was good. that was like the ultimate fuck you to the Bills organization right now, that I believe, because I feel like they are failing as an organization, as a team. Von Davis to sign that big of a contract with that bad of a team and think that guy is going to just push you through. What is he going to do in that division? What is he going to do for you on that defense? That there was offense, a play that they I mean, showed for him last year just quitting uh, like three you know, or four times like, on the same play. Yeah, it was so, so embarrassing. Can oh. you be ultimately surprised? Yes, that is the lowest, dickest move you can take to your team to just get dressed at halftime and walk <laughs> out. Can you imagine? I mean, we work in the restaurant industry. Can you imagine? I mean, I get pissed if, if a busser just like, I can't take it anymore and just walked out. I was just like, that guy's the biggest fucking loser in the world. And he makes less than $80 million, <laughs> $8 million a year. You know? I, I, I don't know. It, I, I'm just beside myself. That It just blew my mind yesterday. Uh, what I'm excited about, I'm hearing early talks with Jamal Crawford to the Celtics. And what a great journeyman... Outside shooter to compliment that team. I like that bench roll. Like oh that. my god, if he could sign. I'm I'm sorry, I don't wanna like like build that up, but he would be great not only for the bench, but just for the locker room. He is a consummate. Because if you can bring like, in Marcus free, Smart to play D on the ah, second unit with Jamal yeah. Crawford to score, that's Oh yeah, my god. Like if that. he if, if a guy is coming off your bench averaging more than twelve points a game, which he's more incapable of, he is solid. So uh, sorry for p- basketball preseason like Starts it's a month away. Spread. I know. But uh, it's here, and I'm excited. And Hayward's looking like he is solid and faster than ever. Uh, I'm going I'm I'm to ignore all the Irving talks of uh, leaving next year. And just yeah, we're just going to ignore just that, focus, pretend just, it's not happening. Just focus on it right now. It's going to come up sooner or later. Let's just focus on this year and winning. That's going to be a great team. But that's what I'm excited about this week. Nesta? All right, for me... Um... I'm going to dive a, bit, a little bit back into uh, some hockey talk. For me, what I'm excited about is our top prospect, Daniel Sprung, uh, has, is getting to the end of his... But he was uh, in the league last year. Yeah, he was, but he's getting to the end of his entry contract. So now he's at the point where if he doesn't um, make it on the team, he's got to clear waivers to get back to the AHL. So this is it. This is his shot. We're actually going to see what he's made of. Part of the problem why why we haven't seen him thus far is he's basically the same player as Phil Kessel. All offense, no defense, does whatever the hell he wants, but amazing scoring talent. So we already have that, also a right-hand shot. So it's been difficult to find a place for him, but so far in the preseason, and it is only the preseason, he's been on the right wing with Sidney Crosby. So um, we know historically Sid does really well with Young wingers, nobody's, you know, he's the best in the league. He'll make you uh, close to the best just by being around him. So that's what I'm excited for. I'm, uh, you know, I want to see as the next couple weeks roll by exactly what we got with the team. Uh, I expect uh, if um, if we don't have a space for him, again, we're really loaded on the right wing. We got Patrick Hornquist. Uh, Brian Rust and um, Phil Kessel already, you know, no way Daniel Sprong doesn't 
is going to be worth anything on the fourth line. So he either is basically going to play with Sid or we're going to trade him for something sweet. So I'm excited to see what that is. All right, guys. I am oh, excited excuse for me. the Red Sox. I've been waiting all year for this. The Red Sox are going to clinch the division at New York. Oh. Either tomorrow, Wednesday, or Thursday. They've worked really hard this year to have the record that they have. They have 103 wins. And so now with just a little under two weeks to play, they have the opportunity to clinch the division for the third straight year, mind you. Um, but this year they can clinch it in New York, in Yankee Stadium, which I think to me as a Red Sox fan is really special to be able to clinch the oh. division, which is always, oh, yeah. which is the American League East has, you know, it's always been the Yankees division since the beginning of time, yep. the beginning of baseball. And to be able to clinch the division in New York is a great accomplishment. However, there is a strong possibility that they play New York in the division series because New York will play Oakland in the wild card. The winner of that game will play Boston in the division series. So, my question to you guys is, how badly do you trash Yankee Stadium once you win the division? Knowing, <laughs> knowing that if you are over-excessive, it could come back to bite you in the playoffs. Uh, Only you would think of that question, John. Yeah, you know, How bad do you Do you trash? live in the moment or you look ahead? Right. Says, so you don't yeah. want them to be at payback and be like, these guys came in and trashed our house. Says Let's the, give them Says payback. the man who got kicked out of Foxborough for I, lighting a terrible towel on <laughs> fire. <laughs> that was my house. <laughs> it's my home. <laughs> I, I I honestly think you relish in the moment if you take that division. I mean, if you win it right there, lay it down like this is your house. Plant the seed that you're coming back to win it possibly like later that. on. We own this. Don't back way. down. Yeah, we own you guys. Yeah, come on. I like you that. You know, just just shit on the end. As a, I gotta say, as a hockey guy, it's kind of embarrassing that you guys. St- or that baseball guys, baseball players, celebrate so hard clinching the division. It's always been that way since. I know, but it's lame. The, it's, the, it's lame celebrating like you actually won something before you won something. It goes back to that way because go back going back to the end of time to start baseball, there, so the way it was always set up until, what, 1995, is there were four divisions in baseball. And so the winner of each division made the playoffs. So there were only two in each league. They would play each other, and the winner would go to the World Series. So if you won your division, you know, you were one of the final four teams out of 28 teams at the time, which is a huge accomplishment. So, but that's just carried over into the wild right, card well, era. Now. Yeah. yeah. But it's still a very still, good spread. By percentages, wild card teams don't mean You're shit. One of, I mean, the four, the, you mean, just, just not, not to be a hockey hardo here, but... It, one of six. They won't, they won't even... They won't even touch the... Uh, this, not the second place trophy, but like the, um, the conference championship trophies. Yeah. They won't even touch them. It's bad luck to even yeah. touch different the trophy. Sports, different strokes, different huh? folks. I get it. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us today. Johnny didn't touch this Dr. Pepper. He did. He took a sip. I did. All right. And he's going to take another sip. I as, don't want to be shaking in the critical innings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll catch you uh, next time for the Green Mountain Roundup. Thanks a lot, guys. Take it Bye-bye. easy. <laughs> <laughs>